Security locks, security fences, home security systems, and in some cases, even security guards. Every year, Americans spend millions of dollars keeping their homes and their families safe and secure from physical harm. But how much time, money, and energy do Americans invest in their families' emotional security? Well, today we'll be discussing how emotional safety is the key to raising kids who live, love, and lead well. Creating an emotional safe house. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis. Our host on the program is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, uh, I know when I think of safety, I usually think of it in terms of my physical safety, but there is really a lot that we need to say about the importance of emotional safety, particularly when it comes to securing the emotional safety of our kids, right? Absolutely, and uh, particularly in our in our day of eye slavery, when everyone's preoccupied with their digital gadgets, uh, there just seems to be uh, more and more parents and kids disconnecting from one another emotionally these days. Uh, and it breaks my heart, Rich, when I see otherwise very conscientious and responsible parents al- allowing themselves and their kids to be victims of our systemic cultural brainwashing by giving their kids carte blanche access to every digital gadget on the market and with virtually no filters or limits, no less. But even with digital technology out of the equation, uh, emotional safety isn't talked about all that much with respect to American homes and, and kids. But today's guest has hit on some very important points that I think uh, are going to cause us to look up and take notice. I know it did me. As I read through the book, I was kind of convicted about some things. Actually. Well, and the book that you're referring to, I love the title of this. It's the one I mentioned in the opening, Safe House, How Emotional Safety is the Key to Raising Kids Who Live, Love, and Lead Well. Those are all goals that I'm sure most parents would have for their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, The author of said book is Joshua Straub, Ph.D., and Dr. Straub is an author, a speaker, and a family advocate who has trained thousands of professionals in critical incident stress management and has used his experience and knowledge in the area of trauma to help people around the world. In fact, uh, back in Rwanda, he was helping communities uh, recover from the 1994 genocide. Previously, he served as Senior Director of Professional Development for the American Association of Christian Counselors, and he is currently Assistant Professor at Liberty University Online and serves on the teaching team at Woodland Hills Family Church in Branson, Missouri as well. Joshua Straub and his wife Christy reside near Nashville, Tennessee, and they are the proud parents of a son and a daughter. Well, Joshua, welcome back to the Licensed Parent Broadcast. It's, uh, it's been a while. It has been. It's an honor to be with you. Well, Joshua, I, I really appreciate your knowledge and insights about parenting, particularly coming from a guy, you know, your, your age. You're not that old of a guy. Uh, what prompted you to write a book about emotional safety? You know, when I had been counseling juvenile delinquents and troubled families for most of my career, about 15 years, and, um, and then working on my doctoral research, uh, I studied the area of attachment. It's one thing to be working with other families and, and to be counseling them and, and working with troubled teenagers and, and their parents. It's another thing to become a parent. And so when my wife and I became parents, uh, especially in the 21st century, 
we realized there were so many messages being thrown at us from the very get-go. You know, do we breastfeed or do we bottle feed? Do we allow our kids to sleep with us? Should they not sleep with us? Do we get immunizations? Should we not give immunizations? Should we spank? Should we not spank? I mean, I, I get exhausted just talking about all of the ways that we you know, should be pouring into our kids or not pouring into our kids. And, and a lot of experts actually contradict one another. And, and so um, as I started looking back on, on what had worked for me and working with, with troubled families and what I'd heard from them and also in the doctoral research, I started to say, parenting's got to be a little bit more simple than this. Right. Uh, uh, not that it's easy. Uh, I'm not saying that parenting is easy, mm-hmm. but could it be simpler? Yeah. And when I went back into the research and started filtering that research through the lenses of scripture, I started to see this overwhelming pattern of emotional safety, that, that when we get emotional safety right, that scientifically it is linked to every major outcome we could desire for our kids, and, and scripture supported it. Mm-hmm. And so that's really where, where my passion for it started from, okay. was when I first became a parent. <laughs> well, well that, let's define the term. Tell us what emotional safety is and why it's so important. I use the phrase that it's the posture from which we parent, not the techniques that matters most. Mm -hmm. And a lot of parenting experts through the years will teach on techniques. Mm -hmm. And for instance, one technique uh, that's very popular is behavior modification. Uh, You reward with a toy or stickers or you reward for positive behaviors and and then you um, give consequences for negative behaviors, consequences such as maybe having a timeout or, or taking something away from a child if they're not treating their brother or sister right or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The issue with that, though, is that it's one of the most basic of moral development. It's a one-direction relationship. Uh, when you have good behavior, I'm going to reward that. When you have negative behavior, uh, I'm going to give a consequence for that. And so it doesn't really engage the brain of the child in two-way communication. It's just the parent in one way interacting, saying, This is what we're going to do based upon your behavior. And so it's more conditioning. And it's important in the early years, but if that's the only way we continue to parent, we never really trigger then the part of the brain that's responsible for them making their own decisions Mm -hmm. and understanding why those decisions are important. And, And so the whole idea behind emotional safety and the posture is the ability to be able to engage our kids in their behavior and teach them and help them understand what it is they're doing and, and why it's good or bad mm-hmm. so that we can raise them to make those important decisions later on in life. And does that come a little bit later on in the, in the, the parenting? I mean, you're not going to, that much you can really do at six months old in that area, right? Exactly. And that's, and that's what's tough, even especially in those toddler years between the ages of two and, and three and up and upwards until close to four, uh, because sometimes you're not sure. And this, but this is where emotional safety is so critical, is that as parents, we begin to practice emotional safety from the very beginning. And the reason is because, you can go a different direction here, but, but the reason is because our children, from the very moment they're born, are asking questions. Am I loved? Am I important? Am I needed? Am I wanted? But all those questions can be summed up into one primary question they're asking from the very moment they're born, and that is this, am I safe? Right. Hmm. And what's scary is that we as parents are answering that question for them every single day by how we interact with them. So emotional safety is critical from the very moment a child is born. Mm-hmm. We might be using behavior modification techniques early on, but our ability 
to posture out of emotional safety begins from the very moment they're born because we need to understand what's causing them to throw a temper tantrum. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times they're throwing temper tantrums simply because they're, they're hungry. And I'm talking to two to three age here. They're hungry or they're tired. But we yeah. might see it as disobedience. And so, therefore, we're implementing consequences for them being tired. Whereas if we would just lay them down for a nap or we would feed them, their behavior would change. And so just the simplicity of that, uh, understanding what's going on is important. Mm -hmm. As I'm hearing you talk about posturing, the the part of Scripture that keeps coming to mind is 1 Corinthians 13 when— you know, Paul is talking about all these gifts of God. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, then he says, but have not love. In other words, if I do this thing, but not in a posture of love, then I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I've got mm. prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love. Again, that in his version of this, the posture is to present spiritual gifts, but without love, I am nothing. Is is this sort of the same tack that you take when you're talking about the importance of posturing? It's not so much the technique you said, but kind of how we do it? Yeah, let me give you an example uh, that I think will help. I, had a, I was working with a family and a dad who had a 14-year-old daughter, and the 14-year-old daughter came home from school asking to go to a Friday night football game with her friend, and her dad said no. And she looked at him and she said, Dad, I hate you, and stormed to her room and slammed the door. I described, and, and now just picture yourself as a parent, because most parents have been there where their teenagers at some level have said, I hate you, and stormed to their rooms. Um, the I hate you is never personal. And, and that's the whole key behind posturing out of emotional safety is there's always something going on within our children. You know, Stephen Covey's phrase, I love using this phrase, that it's the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you, but replace the word do with the word understand. As a parent, in order to be understood, we must first understand. This is really the golden rule of posturing out of emotional safety. And so this dad, the posture of emotional safety would not look like, would not punish the negative emotion. It went, you know, with a finger pointed in her face saying, don't you ever speak to me that way again. You go to your room, I'm taking your phone for a month and no, you can't go hang out with your friends. Initially, that's what a lot of us parents would react to if our daughter's doing that. And there's a difference between responding and reacting. I think a lot of parents do react out of emotion. Uh, even a split second can help them go from a reaction to a response if they just maybe perhaps take that split yeah. second. I, I do think of times when, as an adult, I may have spoken in haste to a you know a boss, a supervisor or something, and I then had to quickly you know go and correct myself and, mm -hmm. and apologize mm -hmm. and do something like that. I think it's important, isn't it, for us to still maintain standards. But you're right. We don't come down with the sledgehammer on the head and say, you know, don't you ever speak to me that way. But but how do we find that balance, if you will, between just going, oh, she was just mad, whatever, and 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 saying, you know, okay, that was, that was out of line. And I do have to deal yeah. with that later. But I guess it's, I'm, I'm assuming what we want to do is address the main point first and not yeah. not get hung up on the side. Would, would that be fair? Yeah, and yeah, and I want to finish out that story because I think it speaks to kind of what exactly you're asking there is minimizing the negative emotion would be to say, oh, it's just a friend in a football game, who cares? Dismissing it would be to say, don't be mad at me. The way that I describe the posture of emotional safety 
is the ability, and when I speak on this, I get down on one knee with my arms leaning forward and saying, honey, what is it about that Friday night football game that matters to you so much? Mm-hmm. And what that dad found out was that she had been rejected by a group of friends for the entire school year that she had used to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And she would see them posting pictures on Instagram and Facebook of them hanging out without her. And this was the first Friday night they invited her to be a part of something. And her dad said, no. Mm-hmm. And so the posture of emotional safety, it's choosing to not be mean and nasty, even if our kids are being mean and nasty to us. And there is a difference between being mean and nasty and, and firm and, and very to the point that, you know, th- this can't happen anymore. Right. Pre- precisely. Yeah. But, the way that I describe it is this, because I talk about grace and truth and, and parenting between the walls of grace and truth. Dr. Townsend writes, uh, and I love the way he describes this, is that truth without grace is received as condemnation. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we lead with truth and we're firm and we're saying, no, you can't do this and this is why, without the grace, it will distance us emotionally from our kids. But when we lead out of grace, you know, Peter writes to be stewards of God's good grace. Uh, I believe that, you know, Jesus came full of grace and truth. I believe that when we lead in grace first, with that seeking to understand what's really going on, it's powerful to gain the heart of our children because when, when they feel understood, then we can speak truth into their lives and have influence in their lives without that backlash going on. And so we gain their trust to then set limits and come in on the back end rather than it being where both the parent and the child are just completely out of sorts. They're both anxious and overwhelmed and and living in that anger and anxiety in that moment. It calms the brain down in such a way that we can have a conversation and think through truly what, how did we behave with one another and how how can we move forward in a way that honors God and honors others. Absolutely. You are the king of transitions because you have just discussed grace and truth, which are two of the four walls of a safe house that you talk about in your book, the other two being protection and exploration. We've got to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want us to delve into those a bit more. The book we're discussing is called Safe House, How Emotional Safety is the Key to Raising Kids Who Live, Love, and Lead Well. And our guest today is the author of that book, Dr. Joshua Straub, Ph.D., We'll be back with more on Licensed to Parent right after this. In the training of our children, what role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the Licensed to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Hello, this is Dave Barton of Wall Builders. 
You know, history repeatedly validates the many benefits of an authentic biblical worldview. The License to Parent radio broadcast helps restore that worldview back into the hearts and minds of today's parents, and Shepherd's Hill Academy successfully demonstrates that troubled teens and their parents can still experience the abundant life while being fully equipped to win back our culture to biblical truth. The License to Parent broadcast teaches timeless biblical principles and answers that are lived out every day at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Both demonstrate that a biblical worldview provides guiding principles that work successfully every time they're applied. With the generous gifts from people just like you, we're able to provide parents with practical insights to navigate the challenges families face in today's culture, as well as helping troubled teens in our year-long residential program. To learn more and to donate, visit LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Dr. Joshua Straub, author of the book Safe House, How Emotional Safety is the Key to Raising Kids Who Live, Love, and Lead Well. You can find it online at joshuastraub, S-T-R-A-U-B dot com. And uh, you can find us online at licensedtoparent.org. We encourage you to visit our site and uh, check out some of our past programs. And also be sure to subscribe to Trace's blog. And Joshua, right before the break, you were talking about uh, this relationship between grace and truth. And in your book, you actually talk about the four walls of a safe house being grace, truth, and also protection and exploration. Can you go into these walls and elaborate a little bit on that? Absolutely, yeah. And so the way that I describe this is that, and I'm just going to begin with exploration because you picture yourself walking out the front door of your house and you enter into the world to, to explore. Um, exploration, research shows, is, is really a key, an important component to building self-confidence for our children later as adults in, in the childhood. So their ability to explore, but they can't explore too far uh, lest you know, we allow them to run out onto the street. Yeah. We have to also protect our kids. And so on the opposite wall of exploration is the wall of protection. And the way that I describe this is that over time, these walls need to be similar height. Now, there's going to be certain times where our wall of protection is going to be higher than the wall of exploration, especially in those early years. And again, there's no cut and dry objective. Well, here's when you need to do it at five, and here's when you need to do it at seven, or here's when you need to do it at 16. And the reason for that is because each child's different. This is the importance of understanding your own unique child and their developmental level. Mm -hmm. And so the problem in our culture today is we are living in a culture where uh, we're overprotecting our kids. Helicopter parenting is a great term or phrase that we use for overprotecting our children. On the other hand is, and to give you an example of exploration and too far of exploration, over 54% of millennial parents today say that they want to be BFFs with their kids. BFFs with their kids, and I describe this as a a BFF parent, as a high wall of grace and a high wall of exploration. Uh, A high wall of exploration would be, in this case, uh, where you want to be BFFs with your friends. I use use an example out of the movie Mean Girls, where the mom walks into her 15-year-old daughter, uh, who's laying in bed, by the way, with her 16-year-old boyfriend, and she looks at her daughter and she says, hey, can I get you anything, a Coke, a condom? 
you know, yeah. and, and you look and you go, no, wait a second. She's 15 years old. Right. That's an inappropriate exploration, allowing your 15 year old to experience that age inappropriately. And what ends up happening then is for the BFF parent is if her daughter gets pregnant, the parent isn't as likely to blame uh, her. Uh, the parent is going to blame the world. Right. Well, well, the condom broke yeah. or it's the teacher's fault. Uh, if my children are getting bad grades, uh, because why? My child is a gift from God. My child is awesome. My child is amazing, and, and they're my best friend. And I'm going to make sure that they're taken care of. And so we rescue our kids from consequences uh, if we see them as BFFs. So this is kind of you see how this wall and, and a helicopter parent, on the other hand, in 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 a weird fashion, will think that their kid is the the center of the universe. Yeah. But they also send this contradictory message that says, I believe you're the center of the universe, but I don't believe you have what it takes. Therefore, I need to rescue you when you run into yeah. trouble. Helicopter parents forget that they're raising adults. Their children will be children, literally, uh, as long as the mom or dad is around. And the BFF parent, on the other hand, uh, and by the way, the BFF and the helicopter parent are both high grace parents. I describe these two walls as grace and truth, and, and these are the grace parents. The BFF parents are trying to push their children to become adults faster than they appropriately yeah, yeah, should. Yeah. Well, you know, we've all been in churches, and, and, and let me back up just a minute, because uh, we talked about two- and three-year-olds and what's proper behavior and whatnot. I, I can tell you, these kids understand a whole lot more than I, they can articulate. Uh, my, uh, my my grandson, you know, he was at the time, he was like one-year-old, barely walking around. Go get Papa's slippers out of the bedroom. Guess what he did? Got the slippers out of the bedroom. They understand <laughs> some of those yep. things, even though they can't even say the word, you know, slippers. Uh, but we've all been in church where a two-year-old's climbing over the pews and, you know, throwing tantrums while the parents just seem oblivious. Uh, where should parents draw the line between allowing uh, their kids to express and explore and, and their responsibility to others around them? Yeah, I think that's a great question because balance of protect and, and if you're going to those early two to three years of age period of time, balancing those walls of exploration and protection are critical because on one hand, it's easy to overprotect and not allow them to become autonomous or independent when that's really where their temper tantrums are coming from. They want to show their independence. Mm -hmm. They're saying no, and they're saying this is mine and not independent. Mine. That's actually a <laughs> That's, that's yeah, my, the, yeah, mine. That's <laughs> funny. Our our son never did mine. He continued to refer to himself in third person. So it was Landon, <laughs> Landon, Landon. But but that's actually a healthy. That's actually healthy development uh -huh. because they're learning who they are. Sure. We want to encourage that, but we don't want to encourage it in such a way that they are disruptive and disrespectful. Yeah. It seems very basic. But I've learned this through research, and I'm learning it very uh, clearly through firsthand experience, that if we're not clear with the rules as parents, we can't expect our kids to be clear with the rules either, mm -hmm. especially at two and three, because they do understand, like you said, they do understand more than we think they do. Mm -hmm. But if we're not clear with those rules, we can't expect them to be clear either. And if we're not consistent in implementing those rules, then we're going to be sending our kids mixed messages. Sure. And it's going to leave them throwing temper tantrums more often than we want them to. Yeah. And we end up getting frustrated at our kids when really the issue is us right. not being clear 
or being consistent in how we enforce and follow through with the rules. Absolutely. Uh, Rich has given me the we're out of time sign. Uh, so I, I, It's always my fault. It's always Rich's fault. <laughs> but whether this gets on the air or not, I got to ask you this question. How in the world do we explain the destructive behavior of some adoptive kids struggling with what's called reactive attachment disorder who've grown up right out of the womb with safe and secure adoptive, good adoptive parents, and yet still struggle with fear and attachment issues? Yeah, and this is where I tell parents really to hone in on that grace aspect of this that those kids are loved and accepted. You know, there was one research study that looked at uh, a review of lived literature and looked at the top 10 parenting strategies to get the greatest outcomes for our kids. And number one, the number one greatest parenting strategy was love and affection. Mm -hmm. And especially for those who have been traumatized or abused in the past and they're dealing on this, like they have been taught that their world isn't safe. And so that, that question is being answered. No, the world isn't safe. And so for us uh, in those particular situations to continually show our love and affection that, and answer that question that we are safe so that when they hit, fear-based times or anxious times that we're with them and we're walking with them through it with doing the best that we can to not react to what they're experiencing because giving them grace that what they're experiencing is outside the norm based on their previous path. Joshua, we we are out of time. I do have to to call in the clock on this one, but I want to give you the last word. During our break, you were telling me uh, an interesting thing about being right 40% of the time. Share that uh, with our audience today, and let's let's wrap up with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Emotional safety can seem like this very difficult thing to do, especially if you're a parent who's constantly yelling or saying things that you regret. And the reality is, as parents, we're going to say things we regret. We're going to react at times rather than respond. Sure. And one of the things that I find so helpful and so freeing in the research is that John Gottman found that if we get this right 40% of the time, just two out of five times, that we can get the outcomes we're looking for in our kids. So just take a deep breath. <laughs> and, and the reason is because the research says that the ultimate, calls it the ultimate of relationships, is a word called repair. And the Bible calls that word forgiveness, and it tells us to practice it a lot. Mm-hmm. So that when we mess up with our kids in those three out of other five times, we seek forgiveness for how we wronged our kids, and we're specific about that. And in so doing, we're teaching our kids that we're not perfect. We're showing them they don't have to be perfect, and we're showing them how to write it when they're not. Mm, absolutely. Dr. Joshua Straub, our guest today on Licensed to Parent, author of the book Safe House, How Emotional Safety is the Key to Raising Kids Who Live, Love, and Lead Well. And uh, Joshua, they'll find that book on your website, joshuastraub.com, I believe? Yes, that's right. Yep. Okay, wonderful. And uh, if you'd like to connect with uh, Joshua, you'll find him there and in all other major places where people appear online. I understand you've got Facebook (laughs) and Twitter and other things out there as well. And again, that's joshuastraub, S-T-R-A-U-B.com. And that does wrap up another week of conversation here on Licensed to Parent. Remember, if this or any of our programs has been a blessing or has been a benefit to you and your family, I would encourage you to help start spreading the word for us. Invite someone you know to listen to Licensed to Parent. Also, please let your local station know that you enjoy the program. They would like to know it as well as they consider future programming decisions. 
And finally, if you're able, would you please consider joining us in this outreach by becoming one of our financial partners? The cost of residential care alone can be very expensive, and your tax-deductible gift could make the difference in a family getting the help they need. You can donate securely online by clicking the Donate button when you visit us at LicensedToParent.org. And thank you in advance. On behalf of Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosel. Thanks for listening and plan to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.